Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Hope you guys are sheltering in place and staying safe. Certainly been an interesting period in U.S. history and world history that none of us will ever forget. And I just really hope that you are all doing well. And once again, thank you for tuning in every week to Demand Gen Radio. I know that you guys are not commuting as you used to, but you're still sticking with me and with our guests. And I am very, very grateful to have this time with you. It's certainly a nice break for me from what I'm working on every day uh, to have these these interviews and times together. And I think you're really going to enjoy today's session. I have the co-founder and CEO from Bombora on the program, and uh, that's Eric Matlick. So, Eric, first I'll say hello to you, and then I want to just give a little bit of history of our relationship. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Dave. You bet. And I, I know as we just came through Q1, you guys had a good Q1, and you guys have been on a really great ramp as a, as a company. Um, you know, and, and I think to all my loyal listeners, I've had uh, folks, Mike Burton was on the program on Demand Gen Radio just a little bit over a year ago. It was in January of 2019. And that episode uh, for all of 2019 was in the top 10. So there seems to be a very strong interest uh, Eric, about intent data. And what I wanted to do with you guys this year was to talk about the state of intent data, especially what you guys are seeing with your in- incredible insights in the market these days, right? You guys are your your own, uh, you have your own metrics and insights to what's happening on the web these days, uh, especially with the work from home movement. But I also want to follow this up, as you know, and have your team with me on Demand Gen TV, which is just about to launch and really show people the power of a platform like Bombora and how it can be used not only as a platform for marketers, but how your data is being used and leveraged in other systems like Engageo and LinkedIn. So thanks for joining me. I know we all have a lot going on and uh, appreciate the time. Let's, um, let's since we have you and, and, and you started the company, would love to kind of do a little bit state of the union on where intent data is uh, these days, every business evolves from when it was founded. And, and how do you feel things are going in terms of people's understanding of the power of intent data and how they're using it for their, their marketing and sales initiatives? Sure, sure. So for first of all, we've been doing this, we started back in 2014. So that's a, in this industry a very long time ago. Intent data itself um, as, a, as a category isn't new in the consumer world. Intent data has been around for a while, but it's new in, in B2B uh, for businesses to be using int- intent data. Um, so we we started way back when, when it really wasn't a category. It wasn't being followed uh, by any of the analyst groups. And I think over the last 18 months, it's really become a much bigger um, topic. It's been a much bigger focus, and it's been getting a lot of traction as an industry as a whole. You know, sort of to talk about you know why intent or, or what we were trying to accomplish so early was we took a look at the physical world to be quite honest and just as in the physical world sustainability is top of mind meaning sustainability as in you know doing doing more with less um, cleaning up our environment and um, if you take that same concept and you bring it to the physical world our own industry the sales and marketing industry was actually suffering quite a bit there was there is a lot of noise, a lot of unwanted emails and phone calls, and 
we took that upon ourselves as a way that we could help our industry uh, clean itself up. And we imagined a world essentially where sales and marketing professionals would, would actually be valued for the timeliness, accuracy, and the relevance of, of our messaging. Um, and so that's that's really what we tried to set out to accomplish with with intent data. If that that answers your your question about sort of where the the market is today and and why we're we're doing what we're doing. Well, as I've said to you, you know, we have clients that use your platform and they're they're all in, swear by it. In fact, ourselves, we've been using your technology, not necessarily um, by logging into your platform directly, but through your OEM partnerships, and we've been looking for people that are that are surging on particular topics of interest, which I'll get into. But I think for everybody who either is not familiar with Bombora or um, hasn't either seen a platform like this or used it, you know, picture this. And, and you know, Eric, feel free to just um, say, Dave, boy, that's the worst positioning and description I've, I've ever heard. And, and you're not allowed on our marketing team ever. But I'm going to give you, like, my version of how I explain uh, intent data and and a platform like Bombora. So uh, all of us have known in B two B marketing the technique of using keywords and you know buying keywords that say oh if somebody's looking for X I want my ad to show up. Well, what if when people were out doing research on topics and maybe learning how to I'll give a B two B example like um, should I migrate from platform A to platform B. Maybe that's one analytics platform to Tableau or from one marketing automation system to another. Or maybe somebody is taking a look at um, what are the best VPN security solutions for work from home. When you type in a phrase like that uh, and you're searching and reading articles on that, well, since everybody knows everybody's digital body language these days from technologies, the folks at Mambora have done some pretty genius technology to get out there and process the content that is out on the web to to index and track all these topics. Um, so when you are doing searching or your buyers are doing searching for this, they know. And we're going to dive into that in just a little bit. So you know, my example, Eric, of what we do with your technology is we are always looking for people that are in market for marketing automation platforms. Either they're looking to implement a marketing automation platform or find a consultant for marketing automation or there are certain phrases that we look for and even migrating. So when we run our ads on LinkedIn or target segments for that, we're doing that based on specific topics of of interest and find tremendous value from it. So now critique me in terms of um, that explanation and how you guys, you know, and, and your team explain um, at a high level how we as B2B marketers might get value from this. Yeah, so I think you hit on a couple of really important things there. One of the sort of common misconceptions that, that we get, and I think you nailed it, is that, you know, people just assume, oh, it's from search. And I know from very early in my career that search is great, but there's a finite amount of searches and a finite amount of people doing searches, especially in the B2B world, that the majority of the signals are not actually from search, they're from content consumption, meaning users or business professionals that are reading uh, very rich content that's produced usually by B2B publishers. And that's where you can get a lot of a lot of very uh, strong signals from. So we early on uh, thought that that would be a great place for us to focus on. And we, with our relationships, built 
one-to-one relationships with B2B publishers across the world. Today we have thousands of B2B publishers that um, produce quite a bit of content and our tag is on those pages, which gives us the exclusive permission uh, from those publishers to listen to the content consumption of their audiences. Okay, so if you think about, you know, business professionals, uh, hundreds of millions worldwide, uh, about 30 billion times in a given month, we get to hear what a business professional is reading and consuming. We get to look at the pages that they're on and we topicize those pages. We look at various uh, techniques. We use various techniques such as uh, not just what the content of the page is about, but the scroll velocity or how much time they spend on the page, the density of the topics that are on the page. And we put all of this into our system so that we can try to identify whether this is intent or if it's actually what we call surge. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's my second point is it's not just where the data is coming from, which is very important. The second point is we're not just saying, as you said, you know, that, that someone read an article or someone did a search. That's interesting. That doesn't mean that they're going to buy anything because what we do know about businesses is businesses purchase products usually in committees up to 21 people. So what we do is we build a baseline of every company in the world and how much they consume of each of the 7,000 plus topics that we're monitoring. And then we look for a, a deviation from their standard consumption. And if it goes up a certain percentage or down a certain percentage, that tells us something. And usually if it's going up um, and it has a score of, of what we call a 60 plus, then we know that that, that that company is consuming more than their usual baseline, which means that they're likely to be in a research phase and they're potentially going to be purchasing that product soon. It was, um, it was like the proof is in the pudding when I was together with your team and uh, Brian Dudley and I got together at B2BMX, and I said, uh, someone, someone came up to, uh, we had this genius bar there, and I was putting in some hours there where people could come up and kind of like ask anything. And so the topic of intent came up and said, you know, Dave, what do you think about intent data? Do you see your clients using it? Are you guys using it? So I walked this person over to your booth, and I said, hey, Brian, let's, let's do a demo in real time. And so we logged in, and I selected like a couple topics and then of course your platform suggests you know other topics that might be worth considering and then we ran the data and in literally real time came up with companies that as you said were surging and the one company that came up at the very top of the surge who's now a customer at that point was a prospect and I told the person standing there I go like this is unrehearsed. Like, the, you know, Brian doesn't know what I'm going to throw at him. And we logged into the platform and put that information in. So I go, so imagine if I knew, you know, as a marketer, these companies that are surging on these topics. And, and I showed two in the top 10 that were actually in pipeline for us and both have become customers since then. So, like, it works. Um, but it's, it's really what you do with the data. I mean, getting to the data is magical enough, but it is what you do with it. And as I explained, we are pushing our and targeting our advertising to people that are surging on those topics. And I'm glad you brought up surge because surge doesn't, as you said, just mean that you're interested in a particular topic. You may, your company may be uh, looking at um, certain solutions on a regular basis across, especially large B2B companies. But when it's above the norm, when it's, when it's spiking right. or surging, as you say, that's when it shows, Hey, there's something that there's something happening here. Yeah. I think that, that, you know, just to jump everyone's yeah. second, that is one of my, when you asked about what's different about the industry, you know, 
when we were creating what we were creating and, and we were the first to do what we did, um, we created a category of B2B intent data. Today, there, it, it, there is a big misconception of, of the difference between intent data and surge data. And every company, to your point, especially the large companies, they're always doing research. They're always researching different things. That does not mean that they're, they're, they have a propensity to buy or they're, they're going to be purchasing that product. So it's a really important distinction to make to be able to build that baseline and to be able to really identify if there's a research uh, phase going on and if they're getting ready to purchase something. And that's what we call search, which is a little bit different than intent data. Yep. And so, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, uh, everybody, we're, we're going to show you these tools on Demand Gen TV coming up. Uh, they're going to be on our YouTube channel. Um, there's not much there, by the way, on our YouTube channel right now. So if you go to YouTube and you search Demand Gen and you find us, um, feel free to subscribe. And I encourage you guys to do so. But if it looks like a, an empty content, uh, that's because we're building all the content right now. We'll be loading it up. Uh, but, um, yeah, I want to show this stuff to you so you guys can see how the, how the magic works. One of the reasons that I wanted to have Eric on, especially this week, uh, is because they are releasing a report. It's, it's probably out by the time that you are listening to this um, of the COVID-19 impact on B2B research trends. So let's dive into that, uh, Eric. Because like I said, you're, you're your own version of the CDC where you know what's happening out there in terms of what people are searching for and not, not you know, what topics of interest and what's not of interest right now. And I can tell you, like for my podcast data, even though I know people are not um, commuting, I see a dip in listening. And I know, I'm guessing what that, I am guessing what that dip is and some of its commute time. But I also think a lot of you are watching way more news than you normally do. You're tuning in, A, you're at home and you're able to access news during the day that you weren't normally. So you're getting your fix of ideas and, and, uh, and content, that thirst of knowledge that we all have. But Eric can share with you at a, at a big picture what's, what's happening out there. So take us, take us through what you guys are seeing, Eric. Yeah, so we, we started on this project a couple of weeks ago because we wanted to see what the data would, would tell us. Uh, but the first thing that we wanted to figure out was what is the work from home movement? As, as you all know, that the majority of business professionals today are, are, um, are working from home. And what kind of impact would that have on our business, actually? Well, our, our ability to, to produce intent and surge relies on us being able to identify uh, where people work and what companies they work for, what domains they work for. And so that was the first thing we tried to, to take a look at. And the way we usually do that, by the way, is when, when you are reading a piece of content, uh, we usually see an IP address and that IP address, we built an IP to, to company map uh, so that we can identify uh, millions of, of, of companies. Um, what we actually saw in the data is that even though the users are now working from home, a couple of, of um, a couple of pieces of information allow us to identify the domain or company. One, a large amount of medium and large companies are, are having their users dialing through a VPN for security reasons. And so that that still has an IP address, which is good news. The second thing is that we have a persist, persistent identifier on on our profiles. And what we've noticed is that that has translated very well. And there has been really no degradation of, of the profiles themselves. So we are identifying the same amount of profiles, even in a work from home environment. And that's really important because we couldn't identify the companies without that. The second thing we've noticed there, though, 
is that those same profiles are consuming more content in the last two or three weeks than they were previously. Yeah. So to your point, you know, we are on some of our co-op members are very large news sites, you know, business news sites as well. Mm-hmm. And are, people are consuming more uh, business and news content right now. Uh, the big winners on the event level or content level, as far as categories or, or topic clusters, really is anything finance or health related. Those are those are the biggest winners. But but everything is slightly up as far as uh, content consumption. Again, the content consumption doesn't mean that companies are buying. It just means that a lot of people are doing a lot more research than usual. And it, and it can mean that it's buying. You know, we have a lot of clients that are in um, small business services. So Paychex is a client of ours, and and, and clearly uh, people are probably familiar with the Paychex brand, one of the largest you know payroll providers and, and related services. So they did a webinar uh, last week and and had so many registrations to it that they had to up their hosting platform to be able to to handle it all. Right. So think about how many companies right now are searching for content around the PPP program that came out, the CARES program, yep. and all of that, right? Companies looking to say, hey, where do I get funding for that? Well, if you're a bank, uh, and I've had Rivermark, uh, Dave Eldred from uh, Rivermark on the program as well, if you're a bank and you're looking to pick up customers, to Eric's point, you're going to see an increase in companies surging on specific topics. Now, some may be surging because they're interested in those topics and reading about it or doing research, but if you're a small business and you're searching for how do I apply for the uh, CARES program or uh, SBA loans and that type of stuff and and Wells Fargo or other banks want to put their ads in front of you, uh, they can leverage that that technology. So you're seeing surges in um, in finance and, and in healthcare. Uh, well, there, let, me, let me just re- rephrase that. We're seeing more consumption of content in finance okay. and healthcare. Um, now, if I were to look one level further and look at surge, which is the propensity to purchase mm-hmm. uh, research spikes, overall across all industries, uh, we're seeing a decrease, a pretty big decrease, actually, um, about anywhere from 15 to, to 50 percent decrease in the overall number of companies that are surging on specific topics. But like you said, inside of there, there are some winners and there are some losers, right? So. The, the one area I'll give you, there was, there was a few areas that, that are performing really well right now. The obvious one is anything network security related. Um, the, that, that cluster of topics in the security realm is up about 30% of what they usually see. So there's 30% more companies surging on security related topics, which makes a lot of sense because with all this work from home, with all the work from home users, you would think that uh, IT managers would be pretty concerned about security. Yeah. So that that is a topic that's that's increasing. So you you bring up an important point that's worth underscoring coming back to. It's not it's not good news, it's bad news and that what you said is that that the buying behavior, overall buying behavior is is dipping during this period and you have I'll let you guys know where to get this report um because uh, Eric and the team has made it available. But there's a particular slide in there where you'll see a chart uh, that is over the first weeks of the year comparing 2019 over 2020. And what you'll see is is not good news. You'll see uh, you know a steep decline in in normal let's call it buying behavior, uh, and that for those you know for mo- we know this is happening right because there's a lot of businesses that are that are closed up right now, and there's a lot of organizations that are 
um, bracing for impact from the financial impact that might happen to their organization. And I've, I've talked with our partners, a lot of the MarTech companies, and, and hearing um, the experiences that they're having with some of their, their buyers and projects getting delayed and that uh, type of stuff. So it's a very insightful report worth taking a look at uh, for those of you trying to look at you know, how what's happening out there in the world might be impacting your business. Yeah. And by the way, if, if our data said anything otherwise, I, I think I'd be suspicious of it yeah. myself, right? I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense that the, especially three weeks ago, uh, when everybody was shutting their offices down, I think that was the probably the most thing, most important thing on their mind is how are they going to work from home? So the, the fact that they, they you know, did less research and the, the, you know, the buying propensity slowed down a little bit. Right. Um, I will say that the silver lining here. Um, the good news is that two weeks ago, it seemed to have stabilized. It hit sort of a bottom. And the last two weeks now, um, each week it's actually started to come up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's nowhere near where it was this time last year. But it, it seems to be on an upward trend right now. So I would, I would say that people have started to settle back in. Um, they're, they're trying to figure out what they're going to be purchasing when their budgets are, are re-released. So it, it does seem like there's a bit of a, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, like you said, massive, pretty massive increases in content consumption overall, and I'm sure we all can relate to that because we're all consuming more content. That's a natural, you know, human instinct, right? When you're in a time like this, uh, I'm no psychologist, but know enough about human behavior from from studying marketing so long that you know people like to be in control, and that's why we saw so much toilet paper purchasing and other products is you know people didn't feel in control. So if I can go to the market and stock up on a bunch of things, necessities that I feel like I'm going to need, then I feel a little bit more more control. And um, you know we we all we all want to try to put our minds at at ease at a time like this, and it's it's challenging. Now you also saw Eric that and and it makes sense that like work from home technologies. Right? How many companies are out there looking at uh, what's the best webcam to use for conferencing? What's the best uh, video conferencing software out there? Uh, how, what does it take to implement video conferencing? What about webinar technology? Right. So there's lots of Slack group communication. So for folks like RingCentral and Zoom and many of the other providers in that area, they are seeing true buying intent surging on their software services and, and Logitech's um, gear because people are looking for those solutions and adjusting to the new normal. Like you said, also big increase in, in network security and VPNs because of IT departments looking to get their arms around um, people not working inside the building as they were before. I'm sure there was also surging in, in laptops and monitors and other gear that people need. Yeah, there, you know, another, not to disclose everything, we're going we're gonna to be publishing this and, and we have a lot of data, so obviously our subscribers get access to all this, but but another area is marketing. You know, marketing is one of the first places that that uh, companies look to to cut. So the CMO is always trying to figure out how do I how do I prove you know what's working and, and retain some of those dollars. And so inside of marketing, inside of the marketing topics, uh, things like measurement, attribution, lead gen, those all seem to be surging at a higher level right now. In terms of getting the report, where, where's the best pace uh, for people to pick it up? I'll put a link to it in the description of the podcast as well. But I think you guys said that you're putting it up on the blog at uh, bumbora.com. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Oh, cool. Should Check be up next. What about the free trial? Well, we are talking a little bit about the platform. Are you guys still offering the free trial of the, the platform? We do. Well, on our, on, our home, on our website, our homepage, you can sign up. Up to five of your sales uh, people can sign up for free. And you get every week, you get an alert with 10 Surging companies in your in your market. You could set up your own account yourself. It's all pretty much self serve. You can choose your topics or keywords, and 
and you're good to go. Cool. I, I, that's what, uh, by the way, Brian and I did when I mentioned at uh, the B2BMX conference to do the demo, just went there to the, the site and, and uh, signed up for a free trial and logged in and used the, uh, used the platform in that way. Uh, let's um, talk just a bit about the road ahead and the future. I want to hear from you in terms of, you know, you, you have this you know, two-prong, maybe more, strategy in terms of you having a platform to provide to customers, but also you've done some pretty significant OEM partnerships. I mentioned two earlier, LinkedIn and Engageo. Maybe you could share a little bit about, uh, for folks listening, especially the, the marketing folks listening, which path do you go down? When is, it, when is it best to use your technology in the applications that they may also be licensing or advertising platforms that they're using versus having a direct relationship with you guys? Yeah, so we really believe, and if you look at what we've done, is we are, we are a pure data business. Um, we focus 100% on being the best data provider, intent data provider, and that's what we do. Um, we, we really believe, and we've learned this through experience, that putting the data in existing workflow is far stickier and it works far better for our customers. So to answer your question, we are really big believers in, in the, the whole best of breed uh, philosophy. So you're, all of our, our best customers have a marketing stack, a tech stack, sales stack, and we look for places to plug our data into them. You mentioned two of our, our channel partners earlier. Um, we have Engageo and, and, and LinkedIn. We have many other OEM partners, and that's what we really like to do. Um, we've been focusing, <clears throat> doubling down on that, on that strategy. And to be more specific, with a lot of our channel partners, like the Engageo one that you mentioned, uh, you get a free taste of Bombora. So very similar to what you can sign up for on our website where you get a limited number of surging companies every week. We are now doing that same model in our OEM uh, partnerships so that right out of the box in a platform that your your marketing or sales team is already using, they get a free taste of Bombora so they get familiar with it, they can see that it works, and then it's a, for us, it's an easier upsell and for the customer, something they feel more comfortable with, and they're, they're, they already know that it works. So. I'm glad you brought up Engageo because one of the things that we've we've done and architected for people who have Engageo uh, and and folks that are using marketing automation, if you think about the demand funnel, which I know a lot of you uh, follow and, and use, you know, a, a lead management methodology where you've got your inquiries and MQLs and such. Imagine having a stage above an inquiry because by most people's definition, an inquiry is someone that you've run a campaign to and they have responded, they've raised their hand, they've filled out a form uh, as an example, as a way of showing that that level of interest. And that's a pretty significant hurdle, right? For them to engage with your content enough for them to fill out a form and for you to put them in a, a, a lower stage in the funnel. But what you can do with technology like Bambora is create stages really above the funnel, if you will, that show interest and what segment is is interest based on this surging behavior. So, for example, maybe you have a set of target accounts like a uh, maybe a hundred or a thousand ABM accounts that you're going after. Well, what if you could architect a funnel where you could show which of those accounts are actually in the interest stage because they are surging 
um, on particular content that's relevant uh, to you. So it's a way to actually look above the funnel in some ways. Any any thoughts, Eric, in terms of of that? I don't, you know, maybe you know. I know that's very relevant to the, the our clients that we do a lot of lead management and demand management work for. But that's where we've helped some people is to kind of extend the funnel and have them get insight into the companies that are are not yet necessarily directly engaging with them through their their own content and forms. Yeah, that, that's right. And it also identifies what many of the companies are multi-product companies um, and it's about matching the right content and the right product uh, with the audience, what they're interested in today versus what they were interested in. Another good use case is customer success. Um, this is not just for sales. So if, if, a, if one of your customers is up for renewal soon, you can also be monitoring if they're surging on your competitors or your competitive set. It gives you some insight as to some of the features that they might be looking for that you don't offer or you do offer or what they might be looking at there. That is such a killer um, point that you brought up. It came up again at, at B2BMX when we were putting in the terms and that type of stuff. I said, you know, what if you were, for example, let, let's just say there's a, a chocolate company and a strawberry company, right? And let's just say that you have um, a client and you're chocolate and so they are your client. Well, what if you saw that that company was surging on topics that your competitor provides, right? Imagine if you're in customer service and you're seeing companies that are surging on your competitor's solutions and topics that they provide. Imagine that kind of insight at your disposal. So for those of you that are doing um, what I call demand expansion, marketing and sales, growing your install base, very powerful use case. And I'm glad you brought that brought that up, Eric, because I think it's, you know, I've always said this, that in terms of growing revenue, it's equally, if not more important to look at growing revenue in your install base than driving net new. And so many companies have attrition and, and leak customers out that to use uh, data and a platform like yours to help them provide insights on companies that are maybe heading towards attrition or moving is another great, great use case. Well, I want to thank you guys for taking the time, uh, Eric, to you and your team for, for sharing the report and insight. Again, it's at bombora.com. Just jump in the blog. You'll find it. And if you want to sign up for their free trial, it's, it's you know, it, it worth certainly just educating yourself if you're in B2B sales and marketing to these tools that are available. If nothing else, um, just educating and learning. And like I said, we'll bring you more insights on Demand Gen TV when we finish our recording the episodes with uh, Eric's team this month. Um, anything that we're not talking about, Eric, that uh, we should um, before we wrap up? Well, I think we we covered uh, everything pretty thoroughly, so I appreciate the time. Absolutely, thanks thanks for coming on the program, and give my best to Mike and Kate and the rest of the crew over there. Always enjoy working with you guys, and uh, to everybody again, just uh, stay safe. We are going to get through this. It is going to be a very bumpy quarter. Uh, Q one, I think, as as uh, Eric's team did. You know, for those of us that got through. Uh, Q1 had a successful quarter. That is phenomenal. And we just all need to work together. Um, now is not the time. I, I kind of feel, I don't know, I feel awkward with, there was a podcast that I shared with you guys and I, and I gave you the warning. Um, it's not that I'm Nostradamus. I didn't have a crystal ball, but I said, the financial markets are not going to continue with this trend. And my call to action to you is, you know, be prepared in marketing to defend your budget because when cuts happen, they're going to look towards marketing. They're going to look towards any area of the business that they feel is discretionary spending. 
And now going into Q2, you have to protect your budget because what will happen if you don't, and you know this, is that your company's revenue is going to get impacted in Q3 and Q4 and possibly next year. And then you're going to have to fight your way back on top against your competition. And that is a much more expensive climb. It's a much more expensive endeavor. So it is much more important for you to critical for you in Q2 of this year to keep marketing and defend your budget and keep the programs going. It's also a very good time that if you're doing any less marketing, because maybe it's not appropriate for you to market during this time period, depending on your products or services, get your house in order, get your infrastructure in place, look at your stack and look at your tools and and the processes you have and get yourself better prepared for more aggressive marketing and and a more consistent marketing that you're going to be doing in the later part of the year. So that is my advice to you marketers. I I didn't certainly didn't see COVID-19 coming. I just knew that the financial markets would soften. It's nice to see them rebounding a bit. I don't know if we're through this, but uh, for those of us in sales and marketing, now is not the time to turn the valves off and go quiet and go dark because that never works and it will be way more costly uh, to come out of it down the road. So that is my advice to you. Thanks for sticking with us on the program. We've got some other exciting guests coming up this month. Um, Have some uh, CMOs joining us and marketing practitioners to talk about the work that they are doing to keep driving growth and driving revenue. And some of them that have taken their companies through massive digital transformation initiatives and come out of that very, very successfully. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 